0: Hey again, friends. Just wanted to get on here before you listen to this episode and let you know that um, some of the themes that we're talking about today may be triggering to some of you. We're talking about um, mental health. So some of the vocabulary that we may be using today may be a trigger. Just be aware of that before you listen to this episode. Mm -hmm.
1: Welcome to Short Skirts and a Long Scripture, where we discuss and create a space to heal from religious trauma. Hi, welcome back. I'm Hannah. I'm Cass. What are we talking about today, Cass?
0: Mental health. Struggles that people have ranging from depression to eating disorders and what we were taught about them in the cult, how they were viewed, and what we were told about them or not
1: told. Right. So let's jump into some of the things we were or weren't told about mental illness. What do you remember being taught about mental illness? Let's just start with the phrase mental illness. Absolutely nothing. I don't even think
0: I knew this was... A word or something out there that people struggled with or had probably until I was 19 or 20.
1: Same. I did not know about this when I was a preteen, a teenager involved in the Christian Fundamentalist Group. Kids that we were kept away from that were labeled as having mental health problems, we didn't know why we were kept away. We were just kind of told they're messed up, like you don't interact with Mm -hmm. them whatever's wrong with them might rub off on you. Yeah, which is a completely
0: asinine way of thinking about that. Your child's depression is not going to rub off on me. That's not how this works.
1: Yeah, because what was happening in the culture around us at this time related to mental health was there really wasn't a lot of research yet, or at least we weren't aware of mental health science and research yet. Mm -hmm. So even if we hadn't been in this Christian cult, we probably wouldn't even have known what was going on anyways. Yeah, I
0: feel like again, like you said, if that was something that was happening, it was so it was more worldly thought of that way and Right. Not readily accepted by the church or Mm -hmm. by most families.
1: I remember hearing if you struggled at all with any of these things that now we would consider mental illness or mental health problems, it was because you weren't, quote unquote, spiritual mm-hmm. enough. Like you just didn't have a good enough relationship with God if you were struggling in some way. Right. And I, I mean,
0: I still struggle to understand what their thought process on that was of how a mental psychological sometimes issue can be turned around and turned into this is a spiritual issue you're just not close enough to god this is why this is happening was pretty much the coverall band-aid of what we were told if we were struggling with something
1: i in my research to kind of try to figure out did Was anything happening during that time? Mm -hmm. Like, why weren't we taught about this? And almost all of the articles I found had titles like, Is Christian Fundamentalism a Mental Illness? (laughs) Or How Mental Health is Treated in a Christian Fundamentalist Community? Mm -hmm. And it was always, We treat mental health as if you're just not spiritual enough, you're just not godly enough, you don't struggle with depression anxiety suicidal thoughts any kind of personality disorders if you're a good christian or the, from the christian fundamentalist mm-hmm. view
0: or the big one the big problem that you might have if you are struggling with mental illness is you have a demon
1: literally <laughs> so let's talk about some of the specific mental health issues that people face that some of we've faced mm-hmm. some of these personally before we had vocabulary yes. But let's talk about some of those and what we were told that it meant Mm -hmm. if you had this or you identified that you had this. Yeah. So
0: actually, before we go into that, can we – we'll go into this a little bit more. But for those people that we knew that maybe were struggling with mental illness that we didn't know the names to put to it yet, but we knew that they were struggling with something more, how are those people treated Yeah, compared to – The other people, I guess, that maybe kind of held it together a little better.
1: So what I remember is if somebody was struggling with something, they were just kind of ostracized. They were just kind of put aside. They were told to pray about it. They were told to talk to God about it. Again, we don't interact with them because it might rub off on you. Mm -hmm. I remember – myself and probably a couple
0: other people being told that they need to get an accountability partner to pray with not to talk about and like kind of work through a process through anything but just to pray with and that that was going to fix the problems that were happening which didn't solve anything because it was it everything went a lot deeper than just prayer
1: in a christian fundamentalist community you will often see that religion starts to become used as a weapon and spirituality starts to become as the end-all be-all when i say a weapon i mean when someone is struggling with depression and you tell them you just need to pray about it more yes maybe that can provide a source of encouragement but that is not going to cure their depression depending on what type of depression they Mm -hmm. have. So religion and spirituality was definitely used as a tool. Like, that was the only resource that you had. We weren't given any outside resources. We weren't given any other options. We didn't even know other options existed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, none of them. And again, those ones will... We'll go into now. So let's go through some of the types of mental illnesses that we came across or maybe that later we heard about that we had no idea even existed and finally was able to put names to things.
1: Number one on this list is depression because looking back, I was definitely a depressed kid. Yeah. So many of the kids around me that couldn't live up to this unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. had depression. Yeah. Did we know it was depression? No. We were just quiet or we were just sad mm-hmm. or we were just boring. Like we didn't want to participate in things. It's because we had depression. Yeah. But we didn't know to call it that because Christians don't have depression.
0: Yeah. It was just
1: if you are sad or tired. Too sad. Yeah. If you are too sad, quote unquote. Right. It's because you don't have enough joy of the Lord taken from a scripture that was given Mm -hmm. to us. If you didn't want to participate in things or you felt like you wanted to recede in yourself, Mm -hmm. which is a symptom of depression, we were just told you just need to focus on God more. Yeah. Depending on the level of depression that would manifest itself in people in these kids. We were told you have this because or you feel this way because you must have exposed yourself to something satanic. Yeah. Or something too worldly. Right. And it's like corrupting your soul and making you feel down.
0: Yeah, because depression honestly wasn't allowed. They're like, what do you have to be sad about? There's nothing that like they would try to out logic it, which You can't do that with depression. I didn't know until years later that there are different kinds of depression because I personally remember thinking that or seeing the people who were depressed, I mean, they were like really depressed, like they could, they had to like really fight to get out of bed Um, They were really just like sad and melancholy all the time. Nothing brought them joy kind of thing. Yeah, But that you could have mild levels of depression. You could have depression that comes and goes. One day you might feel great. The next day you might be like, I can't even get out of bed today. Or I can't smile. Nothing is funny. I just want to go home and sleep. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I wish that that would have been something that I would have known earlier because I also had depression. But I wasn't saying – I couldn't tell myself or say that I had depression because I didn't have it as bad as X, Y, and Z person over there. And if you didn't have it as bad as somebody else, you couldn't talk about it because their problems are bigger than yours. You just need to get it together.
1: Something that we – saw a lot in this group and it was almost like taboo to bring it up was postpartum depression Mm -hmm. you would see these moms some of them had just had kids some of them their postpartum was a little bit longer Mm -hmm. that would get postpartum depression and i remember literally being told i would ask like That mom is really sad. Like, is she okay? Should we pray for her? Because that's all I knew what to do was pray for people. And I was literally told, oh, their family's into Harry Potter, so they probably have opened up something demonic and satanic, and it's giving their mom sadness.
0: There's so much science behind this that I wish we would have been able to know. Because, again, science, if it didn't come from certain specific people with specific worldviews, was not accept it at all and a lot of the things having to do with mental health have so much science behind them that I wish we would have known or been able to learn it would have been so helpful especially if we're talking about like postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis which are two things that are still being learned about how to help moms who are in this because not all moms get it some moms do and of course, we were too young at this point to have any experience in this. So this is just what we saw from the moms yeah. that we're like, something's not right and nothing's being done about mm-hmm. it. They're just being told, you need to be in the word more. You need to pray more. The moms are going to get together and they're going to pray for you. Why weren't the moms mm-hmm. getting together and talking about it and being like, hey, I had this too. Maybe they were. Maybe we yeah. weren't privy to that conversation. But it just didn't seem like the help and the support and really what could have been done for these moms was happening.
1: I also remember this weird opinion or thought about women usually get depressed, men aren't depressed, because men are always the strong godly leader of the family, Mm. so they don't get depressed so if anyone was depressed it was the weaker person in the family which is clearly the female course it is so females may appear depressed again we didn't have it females may appear sad and lonely and reclusive mm-hmm men don't really get this. You don't really get to show if you have depression when you're a man in this community.
0: Well, what a disservice that was to them though, because I'm fairly certain there was a good number of men who had depression, but because of the way our moral values or whatever were set up on how people needed to act, they literally were not allowed to feel a certain way. And that's, that's harmful, first of all not being allowed. I mean, is it the 1950s? Boys aren't allowed to cry. You're allowed to have feelings, boys. We support you in this. Do you need to show them the right way? Yes, of course. Like everyone else, we need to learn how to express these emotions appropriately and safely. That's just so sad to think about, I guess, now that you're right. They were not being taught that it was okay. It
1: also it just blows my mind that that was the weird perspective we got. Again, Christian fundamentalism is so counterintuitive. It's so counter to how like the Jesus Christianity right. is literally expressed in the Bible. Do you know how many people in the Bible we can see clearly have depression? Like one of the most well known characters in the Bible, King David. If you've heard of the book of Psalms, it's just a, it's literally just a book of poetry. Mm -hmm. Most of it is King David just putting his depression therapeutically down on a page, expressing what was going on with him in his life. Like the amount of times in Psalms where it's like, oh God, this is too hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I feel like I'm sinking into mud. Like, everything is too heavy. That's literally depression. Yeah, 100%. We didn't know this was in scripture.
0: No, no because <laughs> mental illness, depression, anxiety, whatever you want to say, did not exist in the Bible. Everyone is just happy-go-lucky all the time.
1: What other forms of mental illness, illness or mental health issues do we now have names for that maybe we didn't know what they were? Well, okay, so this next one is different because I think we all kind of
0: knew the word and kind of what it meant because we were taught it was bad, it was sinful. If you do it, you're going to hell. Like immediately, goodbye, that's it, you're done. No redemption for you. The idea of having these kind of thoughts, I don't think we had a word for or a phrase until much later which I wish we did, again, Uh, suicidal thoughts. We were taught that suicide was the most terrible thing that you could do to yourself, to people around you. It's the worst. People who do it are just ungrateful and what was wrong with them and they weren't thinking about others. Um, And you're immediately going to hell. Here's the scriptures to prove it
1: i don't remember what scriptures we. were. i don't given. either
0: i just remember them Honestly, giving us scriptures for i just it. remember
1: them telling us like the bible doesn't approve of unaliving yourself right.
0: <laughs> i don't think that we were told though that people can have suicidal thoughts whether mm-hmm. or not they carry them out and if you did you don't tell people Yep, Because that's, first of all, I think we all knew not to tell people if we had them because of the repercussions that we were going to get and the (laughs) interventions that we were going to receive unwelcomingly. Without any sort of love or support, it was going to be, you're going to do this and this is what's going to happen really? because you can't do this, it's bad. I probably should have had therapy for some of that, but.
1: <laughs> Shouldn't a lot of us that have had these kind of thoughts. Boy, well, we should have had a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can help it. Sometimes you really can't. When you have suicidal thoughts, you are very, very low. Yeah. And what you need in that time, at least for me personally, is not somebody being like, you just need more joy of the lord like no that's not gonna help fix yeah. this right now yeah yeah Yes, I love Jesus, and yes, I want to have the joy of the Lord. But it's literally not coming right now, and I need something else, right, to fill need that something void to help or something. Get me there.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest about it. I everyone probably had their own separate experiences with this, whether or not you struggled with this when you were in this cult or in something similar to it. I was very much suicidal in high school. I didn't tell anybody because, of course, you couldn't do that. You don't say. You're not allowed to. It's just, it's that unspoken rule of you don't tell people if you are. I, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know this had anything to do with depression either. I was, I was depressed all the fucking time. And of course, I covered it up with sarcasm and humor because that's what I'm really good at doing. Yep. And that's what I've done my entire life through childhood trauma, through anything else that I've experienced. I cover it up with humor. I like to be Mm -hmm. funny because at least if I was funny, people liked me because I had a really hard time making Mm -hmm. connections with people that were actually meaningful and trying to find friends and feeling accepted in this group. And that definitely caused me to have this kind of depression that I didn't know was a thing and then have these suicidal thoughts. I did a couple of times try But I was too scared to do it. I would sit on my bedroom floor with a knife and be like, this is it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm done. And then I would put it away and cry myself to sleep. So after the couple times of doing that and failing, I guess, I was too scared to try to do it. So I would literally cry myself to sleep and just ask God to kill me because I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere or (laughs) – Nobody wanted to really have any sort of meaningful friendships or anything with me. And so I did that for a couple years because I just felt so out of place. I'm like, just take me home. I can't do this anymore. And just would ask God to kill me because I couldn't do it myself.
1: Yeah, that's horrible. If only maybe we would have been taught that big biblical characters – Had the same kind of struggles. The amount of times that David, who's like a very prominent figure, literally just asked God to take him away. Or the times where, if you've ever heard of the book of Job, it's about this guy who's, like, every possible horrible thing happens to him. At one point, he's just like, God, I wish I was never born. Mm -hmm. Like, if only we had at least the resource to know that we weren't alone in this feeling. Because when you're not allowed to have these thoughts, first of all, you're not allowed to have depression because Christians don't deal with this. This is what we were taught. If only we had known, like, it's okay to have low days. And also, other people in scripture had this, you're not by yourself. Right.
0: Yeah, that would have been awful. Because scripture (laughs)
1: was the, like highest pedestal for this group if we had had that option to know what was actually in the bible yeah i feel like it wouldn't make things go away and become perfect but it would give us hand grips to come out of the holes that we were in yeah it would have been a lot easier i think for at least for me To be able to deal with some of these really hard mental health problems.
0: Instead of them just getting kind of thrown back in your face and then stomped Mm -hmm. on. And then you're like, well, can't talk about this anymore because I see what happens when I try to open up. Which we'll talk about more about this whole kind of emotionally stunted idea a little bit later.
1: Let's move into a couple more mental health issues that we wanted to bring up. Let's talk about stress and anxiety as mental health issues. I don't think we weren't allowed to feel stressed
0: necessarily, but I feel like there was a limit on how stressed you could feel.
1: (laughs) Yes. We're in a Christian fundamentalist group. We have a limit to how stressed you're allowed to feel.
0: (laughs) Only in these kind of places would you have a limit on such things. Like, you know what? Some things you're just stressed the fuck out about, and that's okay. Until it passes, you're going to be stressed out about it. But you weren't allowed to feel, I think, so stressed that you became irritable. Especially okay. as a woman.
1: There's this whole thing of like, I don't even know how far back it goes. At least the 1800s where hysteria was a condition yes. that women were diagnosed with when they had had enough and they tried to put their foot down on something. Yeah, the, it kind of carries into this definitely. Weird community that we were a part of (laughs) if you were too stressed you were bordering on hysteria or if you had too high of stress levels first of all it was your fault Mm -hmm. you were not trusting god you are just supposed to not worry like literally right (laughs) that's what we were told. yeah i'm afraid about this thing that's coming up oh don't worry Matthew 6 in the Bible, this chapter addresses worry, and it tells us to not worry. Oh, boy. Yeah, sometimes that's encouraging,
0: but also... We were told not to worry all the time. It didn't matter if it was over a big thing, over a little thing. If your dog died, if your aunt was dying, like, just don't worry. It's all going to be okay. Like, that's not helpful. That's not not being empathetic. I think that's something else that maybe would have been better for those people to learn is Empathy Instead of just trying to shove biblical scripture down your throat whenever you were feeling a certain way, maybe having some empathy for the person would have been a little bit nicer.
1: As I've mentioned in previous episodes, when I was in this Christian cult, I had extreme social anxiety, Mm -hmm. like to the point where sometimes I would literally just like cry before I had to go somewhere because I was so anxious and afraid of interacting with people Mm -hmm it was terrible. And what was I told? I was labeled as a shy kid. Right. Okay. Sometimes people are shy. <laughs> I was and? told you're not trusting God no. enough because you're going to be okay. Something that I learned after I was out of this community, a friend of mine that dealt with social anxiety and actually taught me the term social anxiety no. and that was healthily seeing a therapist which i recommend for anyone that deals with mental health issues they taught me that it's okay to not be okay i love that this was like the first time i had ever heard this type of phrasing and it completely changed the way i looked at my anxiety Mm -hmm. and my depression like it's okay to not be okay yeah I love that. That is what? that is the most <laughs> what do you like, mean?
0: stupid, simple term that's like, oh, I okay,
1: I can do that. This seems like something like, well, obviously it's okay to not be mm-hmm. okay. But I didn't know that. We weren't taught mm-hmm. this. You had to be a perfect model of happy, joyful, peace at peace Christian in this Christian fundamentalist yeah. group. When we came out of that and we realized that – well, for me, when I realized that I was allowed to be depressed or to have anxiety for a time, it actually really improved how often these things happened to mm-hmm. me because I was allowed to have a feeling and then let it go. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs>
0: Please, I know, right? somebody just tell me this sooner. <laughs> it would have been way easier on me. But no, I didn't know that I had anxiety though until I was like twenty because
1: oh my god, I was having
0: panic attacks that I didn't know what the fuck they were until somebody at my work. Same. I was like, I was going through it one day. It was bad, and I've only had a handful since then every once in a blue moon, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And they're like, you're having a panic attack. What is that? Is that real? Like, are people, do people have those? Why, why is this happening to me? And that's kind of when I finally figured out that I have anxiety. Throughout the last couple of years too, I've been able to look back like on my childhood too, even, and mark spots where I'm like, that was anxiety. That was severe anxiety. And a lot of it probably came about from my early childhood. And when my parents got divorced, it was very messy. It was not great. Yeah. A lot of it probably came about then because um, that's kind of when I remember being able to pinpoint a lot of anxiety or like anxious tendencies or whatever, mm. anything like that. And I went to therapy as a child, and I'm like, yeah. why didn't somebody say this like to my mom, to me, mm-hmm. anything about that? It would have been nice information to know, is all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I have several very distinct memories of when I was a child, and I didn't know the vocabulary to say I was having a panic attack. And on this podcast, we talk about religious trauma and we talk through it. When I was a kid having panic attacks I would immediately get prayed over because I was told that there was a demon trying to hurt me
0: that's not it
1: (laughs) can we talk about religiously traumatic experiences Mm. is it okay to pray over someone if you think there's a demon maybe but like in the right context (laughs) for sure a child experiencing a panic attack it is not going to be helpful for you to stand over them and say satan i cast you out in the name of jesus mm the amount of uh, mental damage that i have had to work through <clears throat> and heal after this type of experience yeah, is crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i wish people would have known the signs too of anxiety or a panic attack instead of just going into this whole religious side of it of they're struggling with a demon right now or the lord you know satan's got them right now we need to pray over them immediately or something kind of thing because i feel like a lot of the situations that we went through could have been avoided 100 percent if people wouldn't have been so close-minded
1: yes Because to an extent, I absolutely believe that there is a spiritual world that exists and that it can hurt Mm -hmm. people in physical ways. But also, I completely understand that mental health is important and mental illnesses happen to people and it's not necessarily their choice. And sometimes they can't do anything about it while it's happening to them. Yeah. Which leads me to another mental health issue that I'd like to briefly talk about. What did we know about people that were bipolar or had any personality disorders?
0: I maybe could only think of a handful, small handful, maybe like two or three people that blatantly said they had bipolar and they were on medication for it, which is Unheard of.
1: Okay. (laughs) Unheard of why? What do you mean? Because if you're a good Christian, you
0: don't have bipolar disorder and you're definitely not getting medication for it. What are you talking about? Just read the Bible more. You don't need medication. You can take care of this. Not a whole bunch because I think the people that I knew that had it were also not in the cult. They were like, from our family group or whatever. Did I know some Mm. people that I think had some personality disorders and needed some drugs for it?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) They weren't getting it. (laughs) Right. We weren't allowed to identify it. We didn't have vocabulary to identify any of these things. (laughs) Similar to what you said, I know of several people that I can think of from when I was a kid that definitely were bipolar. Um, I don't know if they were taking medication or not for this. But I remember the vocabulary that we were given was, oh, they are demon possessed, like they're just giving themselves over to Satan in some Mm -hmm. way. So it changes their who they are. Because if you were fully a child of God, you wouldn't struggle with any type of personality disorder, mm-hmm. you would be solid in your identity in Christ is the kind of vocabulary that we were given.
0: Yeah. I love that that was their fallback is that if you struggled with any of these, you weren't saved, you were struggling with your identity in Christ. May, Cause I was told that, well, maybe you're not really saved. Who are you to tell me what choices I have made and if I am saved or not? If I've done the thing, if I've walked the walk, if I've made the prayer, whatever it is. Who are you to say that to me? You don't know me. You don't know what's going on inside my head. How dare you? (laughs) And I've wanted to say that to several people. Like, how dare you?
1: Imagine thinking that you are God to this group of people. Mm -hmm. see our episode on tenets of christian fundamentalism all right what's our last mental health issue or something that we saw that people struggled with
0: eating disorders
1: which if you looked on the outside didn't seem like it
0: but if you were on the inside there was it was happening
1: what did we know about yeah. What did we know about well, it? Well,
0: first of all, we didn't know very much about it. I think really all I knew about eating disorders was you were anorexic.
1: Like if you were too skinny. If you were too skinny, you, were anorexic, you weren't eating like enough. That was the only one. We That's knew. really like yeah. the whole
0: that was the kind of cover term for anorexia in our group. Um I knew about yep bulimia. I knew about bulimia because of a book that my mom gave me when I started going through puberty.
1: Oh, It nice. did go
0: through like different eating disorders. It went through binge eating. It went through bulimia. It went through anorexia. I think those were the really the only three that it did. Um, so I did know about them. Really didn't like know anybody with any of them i don't think
1: there's only one person that i can think of from our group that actually had like a diagnosed eating disorder um for their privacy we won't share that story Mm -hmm. but we were told that this person had an eating disorder and we were told that it was really bad and it was their fault and they could help it if only they tried harder and we're a better christian that's what yeah
0: that's not really grounded in truth that's not how eating disorders work no
1: sometimes you need a little extra help to get past something or to get over something Mm -hmm. such as an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. We weren't told that. We were just told they're just not trying hard enough or they're not a good enough Christian and so they're struggling with this.
0: Right. Yeah. Eating disorders were kind of an odd one for us too because when we were going through the later side of like elementary school, middle school, high school, it was the early to mid 2000s. So if we think about the things that were really, really in in that time, was fad diets all the time. Weight watchers, don't eat this, don't eat that, low fat, no fat, only eat bread and applesauce diet. You know, it was coming out of the woodwork like it was never going to end. The low rise genes was a whole thing that caused us all to have, I think, body image issues, even though we weren't wearing any of this stuff, which is really also kind of weird to think about. We weren't wearing anything that was fashionable (laughs) on the magazines, but we all had body image issues from seeing these things in the magazine rack as our mom was checking out the groceries. You know, everybody wanted to look a certain way. Everybody wanted to weigh a certain amount. It was really popular at that point to weigh under a Were there some girls that probably were striving to weigh under 100 pounds and doing diets to do that that we didn't know about? Probably. But again, it's one of those things that you don't talk about. If you see it, no, you don't kind of thing, Um, which is harmful. You need to be able to talk about this stuff. If you're struggling with it, you need to be able to go to someone and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. It was a very odd time to be alive as far as the trends were going and then – Body dysmorphia was not a phrase that we had. I right? don't think we, didn't learn that. we knew what that was until we were, I was at least in college, were you?
1: Definitely, yeah. at least at in least. college.
0: And I've struggled with it looking back now, but I didn't know that.
1: What is body dysmorphia from your experience? So body
0: dysmorphia from my okay. experience is looking in the mirror, which maybe is why my parents also thought I was anorexic. And thinking I was too big, which I wasn't. I was like 93 pounds forever. I was not supposed to be losing weight. I wasn't supposed to be thinking that if I eat this, I need to skip this meal because then it'll make it even and I'll be good. No one should be thinking that. No one my size should be thinking that. But I mean, that Mm -hmm. also goes for all size people. Nobody should be thinking this.
1: With all of the fad diets in the culture around us at that time, we grew up in like a overtly body shaming community, yes. <laughs> which was like almost backwards from what was being taught in the culture. So like in the culture, everybody was like, you're too fat. You need to be skinnier mm-hmm. in our community we always got you're too skinny you need to put on more weight you're too skinny what's wrong with you you need to eat a burger which is super have a weird. donut
0: i was told all the time have another plate of food maybe a pie something which again this is coming from our perspective so we were always told you're too skinny what's wrong with you you need just need to eat more why can't you gain weight i don't understand we don't know if girls who were bigger than us were being told this or if guys were being told this we don't know because right. there were some pretty thin guys out there in our group I don't know if they were being told this
1: yeah we don't know because we didn't you didn't actually talk mm-hmm. about this type of thing yeah you don't discuss with your friends how is your eating habits
0: yeah going. <laughs> yeah
1: you didn't hear from a sermon or a message, like, it's okay to eat food that you enjoy. Right. Like, we yeah. have things like this being told to us. So eating disorders, not really talked about. Um, if somebody had an eating disorder, it was probably because they're struggling with some spiritual darkness or they just aren't actually struggling with this. They just need mm-hmm. to try harder. They just need to eat more or eat yeah. less or whatever it is. Also
0: would like to throw in... Fat shaming, not okay. Skinny shaming, also not okay.
1: Do you Agreed. know how many
0: times I've been told that people <laughs> fucking hate me because I'm skinny? That's skinny shaming. It's not okay. Literally. It's, I, I don't enjoy awkward laughing it off. It's not fun.
1: Imagine not telling someone something about their body that you notice. Okay, so with all of these mental health issues that we were or maybe were not talked about Mm -hmm. or taught about, let's talk about what that did to us.
0: Yeah, Uh, here's a key phrase that we didn't learn until later that I mentioned previously. Being emotionally stunted. Can you maybe give us a brief description on what that
1: might mean? Being emotionally stunted more or less means that because I wasn't allowed to express emotions, or because I had strict boundaries of what emotions I was allowed to have, mm-hmm. I didn't learn vocabulary. I didn't learn ways of expressing anything yeah. healthily. Mm-hmm. I lost the ability to express certain emotions, yep. positive and negative, because the boundaries were way too intense. Mm-hmm. Again, why why do we say this was a Christian cult? Because everything about it yourself is controlled, including the emotions that you're allowed to have. Right. Allowing someone to have or not have emotions mm-hmm. is none of your business. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, 100%. I mean, we're going to allow the little kids to have emotions, but once you reach a certain age, shut that shit off. You're not allowed to have it anymore. Don't talk about it. And that's damaging. You're not supposed to hold all that in. Bad things happen to your body when you keep unresolved trauma and hurt and feelings and emotions inside your body. You need to be able to talk about this stuff and be able to learn how to process it. I think that's where my emotional stunting came from is I was not allowed to express. I was not able to feel like I was able to talk about it safely without someone going, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or well just pray more. And I wasn't able to process any of it. So it just stayed inside. And that was probably until I figured out how to do that 21, 22 years worth of trauma that I have kept in. Again, like Hanna said, the whole losing the ability to have certain emotions is 100% true because I did that. And after a while, the only emotion I remember being able to feel is anger towards myself, towards other people towards the world in general like I was just I was angry all the time and it came out and my humor came out as mean and anger
1: yeah I learned to push down negative emotions because as a good Christian girl I don't have those I learned to Never reach out for help to anyone because if you tried to express your struggling with mental health issue, you were shut down or you were dismissed or we just kind of sweep that under mm-hmm. the rug. I was taught that negative emotions were not from God, that that's not a godly thing to experience this is not scripturally based. This is Christian fundamentalist based of things that happen to us. Because if we would have been taught to look at scripture, we would have seen, as I mentioned before, King David, he had depression. Mm-hmm. He wrote about it. He literally expressed his depression in writing. Right. When I got into college and I discovered that was a thing that you could do. I have a whole Tumblr. Maybe I'll link it of my poetry that I wrote when I was angry or sad mm-hmm. or just at my lowest points. Jesus had anxiety. Do you do you know that there's a portion of scripture right before Jesus is is killed by the Jewish people where he is so anxious and so stressed out he is sweating blood. <laughs> the amount of times in scripture where. If we had been taught people that we trust, like people in scripture, we trust that their stories are true in this mm-hmm. group. If we had been taught that those emotions, those mental health problems existed and were like allowed to exist, I feel like that would have greatly reduced the amount of trauma that you like you like Cass said. She had to deal with, what, 21 years of repressed trauma Mm -hmm. because we weren't taught about it. We didn't know that it was okay to not be okay. We didn't know that there was a solution other than just pray about it more. Yeah. You can only pray about something for so long before it doesn't feel like an encouraging activity Mm -hmm. anymore. And it just feels like going through motions and your body is not going to be able to move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also wanna add too that for us as middle school, high schoolers dealing with this stuff, we first of all, we didn't feel like the adults were going to be a safe option to go to because and I'll give you an example. I gave some personal information on how I was feeling and something that I went through to someone. And it was used to stage an intervention um, for me instead of trying to connect with me and empathize with me and just letting me talk through it. The adults weren't safe. We learned that our emotions were not safe being mm-hmm. out or yep. shared. They were dangerous. And so we just repressed them. We kept them in. I don't feel like we could tell our peers or like kids who are a little bit older than us that we kind of look to as like almost like mentors or anything because yeah, you kids didn't are not share it with anybody mean. around you.
1: Yeah. If it was going
0: to get used against you, then the whole fucking group was going to know about your damn business. Yep. So you just didn't say shit. It wasn't safe. Yeah. And when you're in this kind of environment where you know that your, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions are not safe, that is a very, it's a hard place to be in. Like you literally feel like you're just trapped in a cave. You're like, well, that's it. I'm just going to tuck myself away and that's it. You get to see this shell that I present to you, this lovely facade that I've created for you that you enjoy because I'm not going to show you anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to show you what you desire to see. You get really, really gr- good in these kind of groups at learning and listening to the little unspoken things, reading in between the lines of what do they want to see from me? What do they desire? Yeah. That's what I'm going to show them. I don't know if half the people that were in that group, I actually knew the real them.
1: As we were thinking about this topic and what we wanted to share. We chose this topic mainly because we wanted to discuss what our mental health was like before, during, after being in this cult, and then out, Like after leaving the cult. In the Christian community that we were a part of, as we've said several times already, we didn't have vocabulary mm-hmm. to describe any of these things. We were not given information or resources about any of these things. Spirituality was used almost as a weapon for us. You're struggling with something, you're sad about something, you're angry about something, you just need to pray more. Here are some scriptures that you should read and it will fix you. Yeah. I didn't realize that I had a problem with a lot of these issues until, like, in college, after college, when I had a traumatic brain injury and suffered severe depression. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to a Christian counselor who was not part of a Christian fundamentalist community, just like a regular standard Christian Mm -hmm. person. And they were like, I don't think your traumatic brain injury is causing your depression. What happened to you when you were young? Like, what kind of community did you grow up in? And it was like light bulb moment. Like, oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) You're right. I would have been (laughs) sobbing in my easy boy, lounger there. (laughs)
1: sure was, though.
0: (laughs) Good mercy.
1: Because I approached them and I said, because this is all that I knew, I was like, I feel so sad all the time. And I can't even get out of bed some days. And I really think that I just need some more tools from scripture to help me get through this. Because that's what I was told. And this person who is a biblical scholar and has PhDs in psychology and counseling says to me, yes, but also... Oh, he brought science like, in with there's an it? There's <laughs> Oh, that's what's missing. It's incredible what talking to a regular Christian person and not a Christian fundamentalist can do for your mental You're health. You're making me
0: want to go back to therapy and I haven't been since I was five. Uh, right. And honestly, I probably need to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you have any thoughts about your mental health in the process of being in or leaving the cult? I mean, I...
0: I can't say anything like, thinking about these things when I was in the cult because, again, we didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know they existed. I'm just like, I'm having a weird feeling, but I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. Exactly. Looking back, though, my mental health was absolute shite in the cult. Absolute shite. Probably the worst it's ever been. Out of the cult, though, I'm still trying to work through a lot of the mental health problems that I now realize that I have Or that the cult gave me. Exactly, Um, yeah. So everything is a work in progress, though. I'm definitely not Mm -hmm. as bad as I was. But I know that Mm -hmm. I, of course, like all of us, I can use improvement. I have tools now to use for when I'm struggling on different days. If something triggers me, because that is a thing for me. I do have specific triggers that I try to ignore a vocabulary to be able Mm. to put names to how i'm feeling luckily i don't have people telling me that i'm
1: just need to find more joy in god or read the bible more or anything mm-hmm. like that my final thought about this topic is anyone that's listening if you are dealing with mental health issues first of all something that we learned that is the truth it's okay to not be mm-hmm. okay you're allowed to have negative feelings and negative emotions at least for a time. Secondly, and what I feel like is more important, you need to be able to have a safe space to express what you're going Mm -hmm. through because you're not alone in this feeling and you don't have to like just suppress and get rid of and hide what's going on if you're dealing with something negative. Yeah. And I'm going to say last one, if
0: you're dealing with any of these mental health issues that we brought up or any that maybe we didn't bring up, please, please, please don't do what we did and just keep it all down. Find someone that you trust beyond a shadow of a doubt. Just sit down and talk with them. Write it down on a piece of paper if you need to. If you can't talk about it, write it down on a piece of paper and give it to somebody. Get it out of your system that way. I used to do that a lot when I was having all these issues that I didn't know had names. I wrote notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks of things to try to process how I was feeling and what I was going through. It looks different for everyone. It might be writing. It might be going out and running or doing some sort of physical exercise to try to work through this or process it or think about it. Please don't keep it inside. It's not healthy. It hurts.
1: We love you guys. (laughs) We want you to be Mm -hmm. okay because – We were not okay. Yeah. And we don't want you to feel that way. We want
0: better for you guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. As always, if you would love to share your story or you want to talk through something that you've gone through in a religious setting please reach out to us our email is skirts and scriptures at gmail.com and our website is shortskirtslongscripture.com. so take care of yourself hang in there we love you guys come talk to us <laughs> An awful lot. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) So weird. Let's just
1: move on with that, shall we?